All right, so we're back. Episode 39. We're almost to 40. And we have a special guest uh, by popular request here. <laughs> I know. I think this is the most requested person we've had, even more than like... Really? Yeah, like more than like everybody. Yeah, so if, if people don't right. know who this is, uh, this is uh, Boom. my hype guy, Big Dave Borlay, <laughs> hey the full-time bodybuilder. Thanks for having me on. Former Chippendale. <laughs> Oh my god! Already former, you, former former Mad Max Six on all the message boards. Doesn't he have a license plate that says Mad Max Six? <laughs> yes, too? I did. Does. I did. We're going to talk about why that happened, but he, he the man, the man in the house it, by, <laughs> the by mis- our request. Yeah, I'm serious when I say this. You were by far you were the most requested person. Really, even with all the pro bodybuilders and everything, at least like once a week, someone's like, "When are you going to put? When are you going to put Big Dave oh, on full time <laughs> bodybuilding? Full time bodybuilding." I'm shocked. So now you're here. So because Dave runs the YouTube channel, he is uh, the man behind the camera. And he was literally the guy who uh, every year was telling everyone how I was going to win the Olympia since 2001. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He looks so, great. Like, remember 2013? <laughs> this is the craziest he's ever looked, I'm telling you. So what what's going on, Dave? Tell me what's happening. I'm just glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So yeah. let's so let's start. So people people know you as just Dave Mad Max. Where are you from? And just start in the beginning so people can learn you. So I was born in Paris, France in 72. Okay. June of 72 and then um very quickly my parents moved to Montreal, Canada when I was 3. So was there, what was the reason for that? It just living in France was really expensive. They told me and they would have never been able to have once they had me. And they had a family. They were like, oh, it's just going to be really uh, expensive to have a house and just like, uh, yeah. you know, taxes and everything. So uh, they, they found um, friends who, who became sponsor in Canada so they could go over there. So they okay. moved over there and they moved there because that was the only place where they were speaking French in Canada. Well, it's yeah. a huge, I mean, it's a big French population. Yeah, there and Quebec. Yeah. You know? French Canada, yeah. So that's where they moved. And then um, so I was there from 75 to... 93 in the 93 so it's you and you, you but you had a brother you had a sibling right yeah he came in uh, 75 actually it's like three years later okay so yeah. he he didn't come right so, away yeah he, yeah he came a little bit later yeah he's still over there yeah. now when you <laughs> move when you move there is the french different in paris versus much yeah so, so it's kind of like uh english for, uh, from british uh-huh. to, to american so it's kind of like so that. you didn't know english and your french was it hard for you to communicate yeah you know, it's only three so thought, Oh, um, but I was speaking fluent though. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, but it's like a French accent. It's just nothing like what they talk over there. Okay. You know, wow. so it's like slang. They they speak slang over there. So it's like French, French Canadians kind of like American versus British. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so when you were in in Canada, like what did you do growing up? Did you play sports? Did you like athletic? Like, I, yeah, I got into soccer. I did judo. I did karate for a long time. Actually, before I got into bodybuilding, I did karate. Black belt and karate, dude. Yeah. No, I think I remember hearing that a while ago. Yeah, like, you're yeah. you're kind of a badass. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then I got into bodybuilding and I did both for a while, but it was really hard because I started wanting to compete and everything. So it was really hard to do, you know, karate and martial arts and bodybuilding. So it kind of just took over. Bodybuilding took over. And then, uh, and it was kind of heavy also. So even though I was a black belt, I was just kind of like portly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who got you into the uh, martial arts though? Because it sounds like you know between judo and um, you know karate. Well, I had I had a big mouth in school when I was younger. <laughs> so once kinda I kind of hard to believe actually. Yeah. So once I started going to uh, middle school and high school, I was like, oh, I better know how to fight because I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> 
in high school. So I started taking, you know, karate classes. Were you a I good student it. or? In school, I was average. I was average. And I was good at the beginning, but eventually I kind of got tired of it and I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I was really worried, actually, when I was 18 years old because I remember I was like, I, was, I had no clue what I was going to do yeah, with but my I life. Yeah, but I didn't really know either, dude. And I had a family business. I went to college. Like, I was like, like, yeah, but you want to I be did, a cop? And no, no, I did that almost only, I was saying this because I wanted to get away from the family business yeah. of concrete. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, what could I do that isn't so laborious, right? So I'm like, oh, I'll become a cop. And it kind of was like one of those things at 18, you really don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And then once I found the weight room, it was like, damn, like this to put me in a good realm. So like, uh, you know, that's, I'm sure you were kind of going through that. Do you think it's common? Because I, I tell my kids that all the time. I say, you know, don't worry about, uh, not because I got four kids. I don't know if people know that or not. But I tell them all the time, and they're just about that age, like eight, between 18 to 25. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's okay not to know what to do with your life as a career. It takes a while sometimes to find your way. You know, it does. And, a lot of people. Right? I mean, I'm still trying to find my way. No, like you know, like we, uh, we, my buddy Matt. You know, remember he didn't really start really pushing until at 30 years old. Oh my god! You know? He was sleeping on my couch. And now look how <laughs> successful he is. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, you're not really sure. But so you, you kind of were doing these activities, but you were staying active, which was the key. And I think you know, you said you led over to bodybuilding and. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, but there's a huge bodybuilding community in Montreal. Like, oh, yeah. That's where Atlantis equipment is, yep. and we talk about that. Uh, so what were the gyms? Because there's like Monster Gym, and there's... Um, Atlantis was a big chain at the time, and I was actually I was actually training at the corporate, at the corporate gym. Like that, so, that starting point you were training there? Yeah, because actually at the little mall that I was in Laval, I was actually at Laval, which is not... Really There's a really Montreal. good strip club in Laval, I think. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> where do you? Where did this right? come from? There's a, there's some really good one in Montreal. Oh, yeah. Is that where you started? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I started that, and eventually I, I moved, and then I started training at the, uh, the the corporate headquarters of Atlantis, and that's where they were building the machines. Uh -huh. And the guy who owns the chain was an ex Mister Canada, and up till recently, what's his name? Raymond Sanssouci. Okay. And up till recently, he was actually traveling all the way to Gold's Gym to look at all the machines to see if there was something new so he could rebuild it over there and resell oh. it. That's but, what he but used to Remind do. me, so he actually builds them in the basement or yep. something, right? So yep. the gym is like an upstairs floor. It's like the showroom. Okay, and of. then he, there's they actually build the equipment downstairs? Downstairs. We, so I, we have no access to it. It's like, you know, it was in, closed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you would bring the machine upstairs, we would try it, and then you would start shipping them over, and now it's everywhere. So when you were bodybuilding, did you just completely lose interest in the karate? It took a while. It was like for a while, for, for a while I was doing both, and then gradually I got better into bodybuilding, and I started dieting, and I started competing. And once I started competing, you know how much time it takes of, of your what life. What age so is this, though? 18. Okay, so... Who did you see for the first time in bodybuilding? Schwarzenegger, obviously, right? <clears throat> I was actually a Stallone fan. I, I didn't like Arnold. I was a Stallone. People are surprised because yeah. Stallone's not like a huge guy, you know? Yeah. So I you didn't think Arnold was the it thing? I thought he was cocky. Well, I mean, <laughs> which he still he is, is, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought Stallone deserved. was nice. You know, I, I remember the turning point for bodybuilding for me was 1982 when I saw Rocky Three, and he was peeled. What'd you think about um, Mr. T in Rocky Three? Yeah, I thought he was good too, but Stone he was, was cocky too, right? He was cocky, but he was, but someone was shredded, yeah, yeah. you know, and it was just so I impressed. To, I used to think Mr. T was so jacked too. Right? Yeah, but I would do abs every day at the gym when I saw Rocky too. 
So, yeah. so did you did you compete in like how many shows did you do in Canada? One. So I did Lano Dier in 1993. I got second place. I was 165 pounds at 510. Wow. Yeah, I was tiny, but I was That's I was terrible. peeled though. Yeah, no muscle. You know, no so legs. You, so that was a big transition because you said you were a little heavier. I was heavy, and then yeah. so did you really like the way it looked? And obviously, I loved it. It, it was attractive to. But I, had to, I really had to suffer because I didn't have a prep coach. I didn't get the chance. I mean, I had someone who helped me out with my diet, but it was just a friend. You know, it wasn't like a Chris Aceto. Yeah. So the knowledge, uh, it took me forever to actually really put the pieces together for me to actually be able to be competitive. And I didn't think I was, I didn't think I had it. You know, back in Canada, I was like, okay, I want to move to the United States and I want to be a champion bodybuilder. And then I got to Venice and I realized, holy shit. So okay, did so, you get, so go yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Okay, well, you, you skipped from, okay, how did you end up in, so start, when's the first time you came to the U.S.? So I came to the U.S. in 1991 with my dad and my girlfriend at the time, and my dad always heard me talk about California and chips and, you know, like the schools. Same as me. The yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I wanted to move to California for chips. Oh, oh dude. Wait, this is how we have in common here. Yep, yep. I used to see those guys on the motorcycles. I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Got and maybe that's why, that's why I wanted to be a cop. Yeah. <laughs> Because I wanted to be chips. Could, oh you, imagine, God, could you imagine Jay driving around on a motorcycle? <laughs> no, but that's what I really I wanted to be. a. You uh, said that. Why did you want? Yeah. I really thought, okay, eventually I'll migrate to California. So we kind of had the same vision. The life. So go ahead. And then, uh, so uh, we came. I said, let's go uh, around wintertime, like right before Christmas, okay. December. He said, let's go for 10 days. You want to bring your friend? And so she came with us. And, and I really wanted to come in person to see it because you know you imagined it in, on tv in the movies but until you actually see it in person it's not really real yeah so i wanted to see what it was like to actually be here in person and and when i came i remember leaving after 10 days thinking that was even better than i thought and i said that's it i have to move here what did you see like what were the main attractions so we went to you... we went to vegas we went to orange county we went to uh, newport uh, huntington beach um, we went to LA, of course, uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Like we went a little bit of everywhere, you know. Uh, no, we didn't go to San Diego, but we went to Vegas for sure. That was great. And then uh, it was just ten days, you know. So it goes fast, you know. We didn't really know what we were yeah. doing. We just kind of rented the car, and you know. It was, and this is, you said was in winter. Yeah, yeah so it was like uh, ten days in in early December. And I remember the when we left, it was about shitty weather. I was going to say you went yeah. home to a snowstorm. Oh, dude, we were so depressed when we left California, <laughs> man. It was, oh, it was terrible. And it took me a year and a half for me to get my shit together, to be able to save some money. And I was telling my friend when I came back from that trip, that's it, I'm leaving. I was telling everyone in school, I'm leaving Canada. I'm going to be a model. I'm going to be doing, you know. And you had long hair at the time, right? Yeah. yeah I'm going to yeah. make, have, I, I, was him, gonna, I was telling him, I'm going to. He had a mullet. He had a mullet? Yeah. Like Joe Dirt? <laughs> yes. Like like Patrick Swayze. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we need this picture. I need to find this. <laughs> I have he some. some he sent it to me because yeah, yeah. we're going to make this as a thumbnail. Okay, <laughs> and I told them I was, I'm going to meet, oh, I'm going to meet Stallone. I'm going to meet Arnold. And I did all these things, you know. Yeah. So from yeah. now on, people back home, would they see my life today? They're like, holy shit. You're like a celebrity. He's done everything he said he was going to do. So that's kind of cool. Wow, I didn't. I, didn't, I had no idea. Right. That that's a yeah. So, so you you had the girlfriend go with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a year and a half later, you decided to leave Canada. Yeah. She yeah. actually beat me to it. She actually loved it so much more than I did that she beat me by like a year. So she, she ditched before. you. Yes. That's fucked up. We and, broke up. And what? Oh, so you broke. So she yeah. came. Yeah. And she was bodybuilding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you. Tell me about the journey when you packed up and left, because this is a great story. So 
like I said, when I came back, my ultimate goal was like, okay, I want to get out of here. I really want to go move over there. So I was trying to save some money, but something would always happen. As soon as I would get ahead, like two steps, something, my car would break down, my engine would blow up, like something would happen. It would always set me back. And I got so sick of it. And I remember the last winter I spent over there was so cold. It was so cold. I was in movie theater one time and with the factory wind was a minus 50 Celsius. The power completely shut down of the movie theater. It's how cold it was. And it was like the last shred of like Hope. telling me you need yeah, to get yeah. out. You need to get out of this place. It's not for you, you know. So I remember March, March 13, 1990, uh, 1993, I sold everything I had, including my nice car. I had like a little Toyota MR2 with some T-tops and everything. I yeah, sold yeah. that. And I bought a piece of crap Monte Carlo with no spare tire in the car. And I barely had a, a I'm just picture in Dave <laughs> with this mullet and yeah. this Monte Carlo. Actually, at that time, I had had it cut because I started doing modeling. They uh, made me cut it. Okay. Yeah. But it was still a little longer than normal. So anyway, I took the car and I said, that's it. I don't care. What, and I just had met a girl at the time. And um, she, uh, I told her, listen, I really like you, but I'm leaving. So if you want to come, you can come. But I'm leaving no matter what. So she actually came with me. And she ended up being like really good, that girl. Colette Guimond was her name. She was like I a, remember her. Yeah, she was really good. She was yeah, like she a was mini a, flex yeah. wheeler. Yeah, she did a <sighs> she competed, but we'll get to that. So yeah. so you guys drove from from Montreal. Montreal. I bought an Atlas so I could see the road and I actually just went across exactly from, you know, as as straight as I could go. And it took us uh, 7 days. Uh, driving every day and did you stop and stay at hotels i or stayed at a hotel we stayed like uh, some of those hotels you can get like a, like a membership card it's like cheap hotel where uh, like hostels mm -hmm. and think people like that you know so i got that so, so it would be cheap anyway I, I was just so desperate to leave because something would always happen i said i gotta go otherwise i'll never go and i'm gonna get a house i'm gonna get a job and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna leave anymore so i i was just tired of it so that's what I did. I got the car, and by the time I changed my, my money, because you lost a lot in the change yeah. at that time, I had $450 US to do my journey and start my life here. And by the time we were done in California after hotel and food and gas and everything, I had $150 left in my pocket to start my life with no job, no permit, no way to work here legally. Imagine. And no English. Well, somewhat English, but I was talking without my, my hands. You know what I'm thinking of right now? He drove across the country for like 250 bucks. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but he had no, but he had no spare tire. No spare tire in the car. When my when my when my dad found out that I did that with no spare tire. So what did oh. you tell your dad? Did your dad say you'll be back, or because my dad when I left my house at eighteen, he's like you'll be back, and I'm like no, I won't, and I never came back. Actually, right you know what? You know what? I, I remember my parents told me it's good for you to go, even though they were sad I was leaving. They had done this. They had done the same thing with France. They understood you know, what it was like to leave your family behind in a foreign new country. Yeah. So they were actually supportive. And they said, listen, the worst thing that could happen is that you call us to tell us that you need some money for a plane ticket and we'll, we'll bring you back. But that never crossed my mind. The first year I was here, I remember I moved 11 times in 12 months because I had no clue where I was going to go. So, so where did you stay when you first came with the girlfriend? And, so and did you stay in Venice or did you sleep in I the stayed, car? Or? I stayed everywhere. I didn't, I never slept in the car, maybe once or twice. I can't even remember. I couldn't even tell you. But I, I know I had no furniture. And all I would do is bring my clothes from one place to the next and sleep on the floor. I didn't want to buy any furniture because I didn't even know where I was going to settle and where I was going to be able to make some money and stuff. So the first month I came in, we actually lived um, um, in Orange County. And I remember we went to uh, Huntington Beach every day to train at Powerhouse when it was right on the beach at yeah, the Powerhouse. Yeah, great gym, yeah. 
And then we'd park in that structure. <coughs> we'd walk to the beach after the workout and spend the whole day on the beach. And we did that for 30 days. The first 30 days, it was what great. Life. What, what did you life. eat and stuff? Oh, dude, I was on a strict diet at the time. I wasn't big, but I was lean. So, and did you see Sean Ray at that powerhouse that's gym? What, he's the first pro I ever saw with the bushy socks and the atomic and shoes. And what'd you say? I didn't say anything. It was starstruck, but he came to my girl and started hitting on her, though. (laughs) 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 They all did that. Cormier did that, too. I remember. Well, she was, you know, back then, I mean, women's bodybuilding wasn't so, like, it was kind of like the girls were very... uh, She was pretty. Pretty, yeah. She had, like, you know, I remember she did the uh, Ironman Iron Maiden, and she won the whole show. And Flex Wheeler and Sean and all the guys were like, who I remember her in the magazine when she won it because I was watching that because remember I won that show in 95, um, the Tournament of Champions, which was like the sister show to that. That was in December, that Iron Man. You won the sword, right? Yep. So I always like watched with the California shows. Yeah. Usually those people that won those shows went on to big things. Yeah. She became a pro after a while, but. Were you you competing at that time? Here? No, no, I was just a goofy boyfriend that was like following her. So what happened with, obviously you guys split up. Yeah, we split up and uh, she went back to Montreal and everything, but I, I stayed and um, it took me, a, it took me a long time to find my way. I tell people when they first move here, you really got to give it a good amount of time to make some friends, make some connections, network. Yeah. You know how it is because once you know people, They'll know someone who can help you, and that's how it works here. At the beginning, I just, I just not, uh, it was like I couldn't work here legally either. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started doing the stripping thing when I got here. Because so, well, how, how does this, oh, how do you, how does this come about? Did someone? I found an you? ad in a new pa- in newspaper. I remember when I was at Colette, she had a much, he had a much easier time making money than I did. So she kind of supported me being here, and I paid her back later, but. She was like, you need to get a job because I can't keep paying for the both of us, you know. So I saw an ad in the newspaper that said, um, you know, stripper, dancer, exotic dancer, you know. <laughs> so I, I applied and they liked that I was like coming from France and it was like exotic and everything. And I was in good shape, you know. So I started learning choreography and everything. And I would go on tour for like a week at a time, make about a thousand dollar cash every time i would leave for like a week come back for two three weeks not work and just kept doing that over and over that's good money that yeah yeah. so were you learning english at this time too being on like around other people you know what it is it's like i do know how to learn english the the most is um so i was good at writing it when i first came here but not so much speaking it i would understand very well Mm -hmm. but i had a hard time communicating but i went to the movies and i loved the movies just like you so at the time, they had all those older movie theaters where you could pay like two, three dollars to go see movies. So I would go see one movie and then jump from movie to movie. So I was like two, three movies a day, and that's how I learned. I picked up fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent. Eventually, oh. that's kind of I got to learn the language. Oh, I suppose if you have a found, I suppose if you have a foundation, you hear it over and yeah. over. Yeah, you can. You put the words it. with the action, like oh, okay, you know. But the people were really the Americans are really good about. Uh, not making fun of you. If you're trying to explain yourself, you don't speak very well. They'll tell you, well, no, that's not the right word. You should say that yeah. instead. They're yeah. good about doing that instead of just making well, fun of you. Was Van Damme someone you looked at then? Or? Yes. Bloodsport. Yeah, of course. Did he, I mean, tra- he, did he train? In- well, he did later, but you haven't even gone to Venice at this point yet, right? I did, actually. And I met Ed Conner. Ed Conner gave me a year membership, dude, when I first got there. What year was that? Oh, shit, I want to say like 94. Does he remember that, I wonder? Yeah, I told him. Really? And you know what's funny is that at the time, Colette, of course, which like wherever she would go, people would let her train for free yeah, because she's just, you know, who she is. Shape, yeah. But I'm trying to get in and they're like, who the hell are you? You know, which is understandable. 
So Ed, the, uh, so the guy, the gold sham at the gate would always give me a hard time. You need a membership, you need a membership. And eventually Ed saw me uh, with her and he said, don't worry about it. And he signed up for me to train there for one year for free. Wow. Yeah, Ed Connors. Yeah, I did that. He's, it seems like he's done that with a lot of people. He's a lot of people. You know, this, I mean, he probably just saw this physique and he's like, wow, this guy has potential. And obviously, you know, you were touring at the time and, you know, but what led you, you know, you guys separated, obviously, so that, and then when did you, like, get settled into? Like, so I went, I went, I kept going on tour uh, while we, we, we split up. And, um, and eventually I met my, my, my wife, my future wife. And uh, so when I met her, she was just a regular you know, pretty American. Where'd you guys meet? So I met her actually. Oh, okay. So I went on tour. Actually, I went back to Canada for like two, three weeks, I think, with a guy who was a cop at the time. And he was like stripping on the side. And he was a cop, I think, in Long Beach or something like that. And he kept talking about his girlfriend, his girlfriend. And I said, hell, you keep talking about a girlfriend. Does she have a sister? And it was my future wife. So when you came, he said, yeah, she does actually have a sister. So when you come back, when we come back to the States, I'll hook you up. And that's how I met her. That's and I crazy. became my wife. Oh. Wow. So let me ask you, just because I'm, I'm dealing with visa stuff all the time, how was it back in the 90s for you to become legal here? You got to get married, you know, and so once you get married, it's easier. Was it, was it, were you able to get a visa on your own or was marriage the only way back then? Uh, that was the easiest way, you know, easiest but way. see, the way I did it back in the day is I actually, um, a lot of people from Canada would just drive to Burlington to go shop in New York, six hours, six hours away from, from Montreal. Montreal, yeah. So a lot of people would just say, well, I'm just going to go shopping. So in 93, what I did is I went and I said, I'm just going shopping, and I never came back. Because <laughs> yeah. you, didn't, you didn't need a passport to cross back then. Right? Um, I had it, you yeah. know, but I don't, I, if I I don't even know if they right. ask. Because yeah. so many, it's just so common that they don't even bother. It was yeah. a lot easier, right? A lot yeah. easier. I would yeah. assume it was, for sure. Because yeah. I remember, it was, I forgot what year it was, you used to be able to cross over by foot or by car without a passport <laughs> yeah. into Canada. And they, they didn't give me a hard time. You know, so. So was Max Muscle the first job you took then? So, so yeah. So I started, when I met Kim, my, my wife, I just didn't feel right uh, stripping anymore. I was like, and she never asked me to stop, but I just said, nah, I don't want to do it anymore. I just don't feel right. So I stopped working, but then I stopped working for like a year. And she, she told me, she said, listen, I think we have a real future, but you need to get a job. Like, I can and what did I you look like at this time? Um... Was this when you gained weight? I gained weight because I stopped. How much did you weigh? Dude, I went up to like 260 or 68 pounds with a 50-inch waist. That was bad. So how do you go from oh. like being in crazy shape, being a, like because on she, the road? Because she was a regular girl. She didn't go to the gym or she just used to go like one so day a week. Bad or? I basically just ate, became married after her lifestyle. Yeah. We went to go eat every weekend or several times a week and... So for two years, I kind of just enjoyed myself and then I just you just lost it, you know. But then eventually she said, you need to really get a job. And I said, well, I really want to find something that I like. I don't want to just get a job to just for the sake of getting a job. But after a while, it sounds like an excuse. And eventually I saw something in the newspaper that says um, a retail, retail store Max Muscle. And when I saw Max Muscle, I was like, holy shit, I know Max Muscle. Yeah. And a lot of time when they would say that, it was always like a marketing scheme or like pyramid stuff or, you know. They never actually say the right the name of the company. And when I saw Max Muscle, I said, oh, I want to do this. And I called and called and called. And the lady said, stop calling me. I'm going to call you back. So she gave me an interview. I interviewed. I did well with Shelly. Do you remember Shelly? I don't remember Shelly. Br yeah, Cuba brunette anyway. And then so she, she saw me. She, she liked me. 
she invited me back for a second interview with Joe Wells, which was uh, the owner of the company at the time. Sean Green was actually at FIBO in Germany. He wasn't there, thank God. <laughs> Sean was tougher. Yeah. Um, and then so Joe liked me. And even though I barely spoke any English, he gave me a job. And to this day, I still tell him, I said, I don't know why you hired me, man. <laughs> I don't think I would have. Uh, you did. Yeah, I would have not hired Dude, myself. You were, you were so committed. And, uh, yeah. you know, I know for, for us, like we met, when you were with Max Muscle. Yeah. Did you hear what he just said? He said, I would have not hired myself. I would have not hired myself. <laughs> I told you, I said, why did you? So what did you do for Max Muscle? Because if people don't know, Max Muscle was like very uh, irrelevant. It was, it was uh, booming at the time. Yeah, they yeah. had clothing and sup supplements. They yeah. had stores. Nationwide, they had like right? Many stores. Like 150 stores You eventually started training people to run. Like they had a corporate store. Yep mock setup in their main office yeah. and that they would bring people in to train yeah. them to open their stores yeah correct? yeah that was at the end of my of my time what did you do in the beginning then so at the beginning they gave me this little store in san dimas that needed a manager and uh, so i got the job over there and i completely remodeled the store cleaned everything like did that what i could with with no money uh just you know physical work and did they were just like floored and the first month I was there, I included to sell by like 33%. It was like, holy shit, who is this well, guy? Because you're a nice guy. You're very good with actually selling products. Yeah, I just I was just so proud that he gave me a shot because I didn't think he was going to do it. You know, I really wanted to prove myself. And, and so from there, um, we would go to the corporate office like once a week for meetings with the other uh, two stores managers. There was a manager in Venice. There was one in Orange, which was the flag, uh, flagship store. And it was the San Dimas one. And um, my sales were just going through the roof. So eventually, after two, three months, they gave me the orange store, which was like a bigger store to be in charge of, you know, so I was making more money in sales. And eventually, they gave me all three stores to manage, which was, you And know, these were the only stores at that point, only right? Three. They didn't franchise yet. Yeah. Well, no, no, they had a bunch of financial, but there was the only three corporate stores. Oh, okay, okay. And, but since I was doing so well running those three stores, they were like, you know what? We're making good money right now. Let's get more. So they ended up buying more and more store. So that I had like two in Vegas, two in San Diego, one in- uh, And you had to travel Palm to all these? All of these, yeah. Oh, wow. So whenever what? a store was in trouble, they would send me there for like two, three what, weeks. What, what did you bring to the table that you think was a solid, like, positive piece to this puzzle? I was good at training people, and it was good to give them like sales techniques. Did you know about products? I was good at supplements, yeah. And what was the clothing versus supplement sales at that time? in the stores well the supplement you have to really work at it because you have to explain to people how to use it whereas the clothing either they like it or they don't mm -hmm. you know so the clothing is something supplementary that they'll sell on top of it but the good thing about the clothing is it was that it was your brand so what joe had done especially with the venice store and that's kind of why people start to know me in the bodybuilding circles is that whenever the, the pros would come to town such as yourself or anybody else they would say comp them a hundred bucks worth of free clothing. So whether it be a hat or a tank top or pants or whatever, so they can wear it during the photo shoot. And if they wear the clothing during the photo shoot at Gold's, we'll pay them in the magazines. You know what I mean? So it's for product, a product placement deal. That's right. Yeah, so I, think, I think it was a couple hundred dollars at one Dude, point. it was more than that. So if you got a cover with a very uh, prominent uh, logo, you could logo. get a $1,000. Two fifty for a small ad. If it was like a, a full page ad, it was like five hundred. So, that, so then guys were doing photo shoots, and they Hell were yeah. they were purposely wearing it. They wanted that extra That's money. Right. So, so let, let me go back though, because I think Max Muscle's whole thing was like they put people on diets to buy the supplements. Was that mm -hmm. am I right or well, wrong? Well, they, they started doing those transformation contests. Okay, okay, that's really yes. what propelled it, right? And they had the Viper the first year. Yeah. yeah. 
So they gave away a Viper and mm-hmm. yeah. so it enticed people to actually get yeah. on the programs and buy the products and then it would be like a reoccurring That's subscription right. basically. That's right. So how long did you work? How long did you have that position for? So Max Muscle, I started in 2000. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not true. I started the corporation in 1998 all the way up to 2004. In 2004, that's when I bought the Venice store. So what happened, the reason why I did that is because um, in, in 2004, 2003, 2004, they started selling all the corporates. So they went from having 10 stores to start selling the one that weren't doing so well, all the way up to like two stores. And I was doing good money at the time because I was running all those stores. And they were only, once they uh, were about to sell the last store, there was only going to be one left. It was like, okay, they're going to get rid of me. Someone told me they're going to get, they're going to fire you because, you know, you make no stores left. That's right. And so they had something planned for me, such as training the new store owner, but they never told me that. So I thought, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you spent all these years building it up yes, and you thought you were going to get fired. That's right. So I basically, uh, I basically, with a friend of mine, at the time, uh, had the chance to buy the store, the Venice store, from Robin Chang and Flex Wheeler, who owned it at the time. Flex actually had bought the store, had gotten it as part of his contract in 2003 when he was with Max Muscle, and, and Robin was a partner. And a lot of people didn't know that, but Robin spent an entire year in that, in that store sleeping behind the counter because he was just so bored because Flex was, Flex was supposed to help him run it, but Flex had moved to Fresno. So Robin was stuck running that store for Ontario and he hated retail, hated it. Oh. So I went to go see Robin and said, listen, I would like to buy the store from you. How much would you want for it? Take it. <laughs> so we made a deal and that's when Robin became the promoter of the Olympia in 2004 because he could get out of the store. Yeah, because American Media bought um, that's right. Olympia and all that. But, that's right. You know, we met in 01. Yeah. And it was kind of an awkward time because, you know, I had just finished competing and you know, I was like, I had, I don't know if I had met you prior to that, but I know that we actually conversed like after that, I remembered you came up to me, you were training some women in the gym. Yes. The and I was candy. doing a photo shoot after the old one controversial year. <laughs> and you, you know, you introduced yourself and said, I'm Scotty's friend who was the guy he actually opened the store with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's how we kind of became friends. And ever since then we, um, you know, we've kind of been, uh, you know, kind of best, best friends. Yeah, that was funny because I remember I was training that girl at the gym at the powerhouse in uh, uh, Fountain Valley. Yeah. And she saw him. He was doing a photo shoot with Per Bernal, and she was like, oh, my God, who's the eye candy? And I'm like, (laughs) hey, I know this guy. And she says, no, you don't. I said, yeah, yeah, I think I know him. And then he spotted me, and he stopped the photo shoot, and he came and shook me. Hey, I'm Jay. You remember me? And she was Florida. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Yeah. So you took over the store then. And then tell us about that journey with owning the store. So in 2004, we took over the store and, uh, and I was just glad to be in Venice because that's where all the pros were. And I wanted to be in that clique. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wanted, and when I was, once I realized I wasn't going to be a pro, then I was like, okay, I got to find a way to still be in that circle. To be, yeah, yeah. To, to get to know these guys. And because of the stores and because of what the, the joke uh, who was giving uh, the clothing to the people, they would all come by. I was like the Santa Claus. They all liked me because they wanted to get some free clothes, you know, and get paid, the guys. So everybody knew me from Dave from Max Muscle at the time. Mm-hmm. And also uh, I started promoting the, the store on Chad Nichols' website, Muscle Mayhem, at the time. So I was like a moderator. And I, w- I started a thread that was called Life in Venice, What's New Today? And I would post a picture of whoever would come by the store. It would be a Jay or, mm-hmm. 
Lee Priest yeah, or Stridums. Tell them how some of the celebrities so the listeners can know who came through. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Hulk all Hogan. The rest, yeah, all Hogan, all the wrestlers, uh, John Cena. I mean, all the you, all these guys. I mean, some t- at any given time, you could come by the store if you're a customer and to buy a, a tub of protein and you see Dorian, Lee Priest, Craig Tatters, Tom Prince. You had the couch. Boucher. I remember they you were had the all couches the, in there. Yeah, we had the couch, the PlayStation, Cormier played because well, the restaurant was next door. Yes, yeah, so they could get their food next door and have delivered in the and store. And the firehouse was on the other side. That's so right. People migrated. It was a walking. It was place. great. It was like, you started interviewing people there. Yeah, that was like a, that was like a, the casting couch before the casting couch. That's right. The Muscle Beach TV. We started over there. Yeah, I remember that. It was great. I used to see him. I used to see him on the Muscle Mayhem arguing with people. Yeah. <laughs> it, that store really, you know, Max Muscle, and that store really opened up doors for me and people like wonder how how is this guy friends with jay how is he know all those people that's really what did it because it gave me access to all those people and they got to know me as this nice guy you know uh, from the industry who likes bodybuilding and but uh you know that's it so i'm really grateful to have that job because if i didn't start working for max muscle i I don't know where i'd be today i don't know yeah he wasn't in the best of shape at this time no No, you were just heavy you were just but you were yeah i look back at some of the videos and i was like when when we did that when did we do the actual great didn't we read 2006 so we we end up renaming it jay cutler so here's what happened i'm gonna tell that story because jay will never say that but that's that's the god's honest truth so in 2000 you know, every year since uh, easily from like three, four, five, we knew he, like he was here at the cusp was getting the championship. And to me, I, I knew he was going to get it, especially 05. He really got screwed in 05. But anyway, he told me in 05, he said, listen, why not get the title? Because I know I'll get the title. Once I get the title, we're going to change the name of the store to Jake Cutler's Max Muscle just to help you, mm-hmm. just to, you know, make it like an attraction. And I'm like, holy crap, that's like huge you know and it, 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 and it creates such a big controversy in the whole entire company because the all the other stores were like jealous they were like well that's bullshit what this guy is gonna you know jay's gonna have his own store but everyone's gonna go want to go there and it was already kind of like a store already because yeah. since i mean every check he would win at the olympia uh, you know second yeah, place you know. they were all there all the poster was like a jay cutler shrine i love that store <laughs> it was great yeah it was awesome yeah, so we kind of called it Jay Cutler's Max yeah. Muscle without it being officially Jay Cutler's Max Muscle. They but were okay with it. was official, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they were okay. They well, on, online it was, but we didn't actually change the sign outside. But okay. We had a big banner, you know, that yeah. Yeah, we had made. But we had the, I remember, so in June, uh, I think July of 2004, we had a huge grand opening. Tons of pro came. Uh, I mean, everyone who was local that came yeah, was like a big party. Yeah, eventually it was like a legit... I was involved in the shit in the, yeah. shit yeah. in the store, and then uh, you know we we were kind of filming around Venice at the time, and you like you said you were running the message boards, but you know you end up getting back on stage in tw- two thousand eight. Eight, yeah, the year you lost. I lost, yeah, and you competed like right before me, or I think, or after. I think me. I think right before, yeah. yeah. And I remember we would shoot a lot of our content in there and yeah. just, um, you know, it was really cool because, you know, if you you remember when we filmed J to Z, yeah. the videos, like that was the co- walking from Dave's store down there. And I, yeah. just, I filmed that late at night that night. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you would be quite a distance from the Venice store every day. Yeah. Oh, I always drove at least an hour. So where did you, where did you live? So at the time, I think at the time I was living in the Brea. So it was about 45 minutes away. Yeah, 
And it, I remember I would drive Silvio at the time. Silvio kind of came on the scene like 07. Or, I remember, or, yeah. yeah. I would drive him because he had no car at the time. So I would pick him up every day. He would come to the, the gym with me. He would train with Charles, stick with me at the store until it was time for me to leave. And then we'd drive him back home. And we did that for like a year. And how long did you, how long did you have that store until? When did you? Okay, so 04 is when we I bought it. 06 is when Jay actually came on uh, as a partner, sort of. Uh, and we named it Jay, Jay Cutler's Max Muscle. And I think 2010 is when I sold it. But it had moved locations by then. But, yeah. You know, we, we ended up going over to Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln. By the, by the Whole Foods. Yeah. And the problem with that was that, See the the place where it was before on um, on Hampton was good because it was literally walking distance from Golds and Firehouse. It was like the Bermuda Triangle kind of. Yeah. And then once we moved it to um, to Lincoln, it was just too far people for people to walk. They would actually have to drive there, and uh, we I think we lost some of the people. Yeah. So you know, listen, this is kind of the the downfall of Golds Venice. Like we witnessed greatness, right? We saw like the peak, and you were training there during. You were training with Chicarillo. Yeah. And, like he was your training partner for a long time, right? In 08, when, when I competed, you did my diet and I was training with him. So I had like yeah. a good team going. You know, when you go to the firehouse, they still had the Bob Bowl. On oh, there. yeah. Of course they do. It's $30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't afford it anymore. Yeah, so, you know, you talk, talk about Gold's Venice a little bit. Like what, I mean, listen, you were the one that got all these pictures on the walls. Like you remember, yes. like, do you remember when I won the Olympia in 06? And the picture was so fast. But when we yeah, like, we were so excited for you to win. How, how did you handle that? Because they, they didn't put up any pictures. I mean, they, they, they had Ronnie Coleman up there, and we made sure that oh, yeah. as soon as I won, right, they were – because they probably wouldn't have – Oh, they would have continued. dragged their feet. But I feel, I feel every picture after me, you were kind of in charge of getting up there. Uh, were you in charge of Dexter Jackson's? No, he did it. What about Phil Heath? No. Sean Roden? No, I think you were there. You, know, to, you were there to film all of them. I think Psycho helped get that one up. Yeah, I remember they did a video. Yeah, but what I did is uh, so as soon as you won, I I contacted um, Weeder at the time because you were still with Weeder, and uh, Robert Reef had taken the picture backstage, you know, on the on the studio pictures. And so I told him we need to get some good pictures to put it on Golds, uh, the wow. wall at Golds. And so I asked for the dimension of what the poster would be, and then we found a place local in Venice, got it. And we got it blown up. It was like, I think, uh, 325 bucks and put it in like some sort of rigid paper and gave it to Golden. They put it up. But it was up literally like a month later after you won. <laughs> it wasn't long. Wow. It was quick. You know, was still great. missing a couple of years. But, you know, how does it feel to have your picture graced on Gold's Venice Wall? There's a, a very famous picture you've taken a picture yeah. of me. It's my back. So people don't know it's me, but it's me. It's still yeah. you. <laughs> that was actually another picture from Kevin Horton. That was a good one. So the one that's actually there, the big one, the poster of Jay, was the one that he took in 2009 before, right before he won the, the title back again. That was from oh, Kevin. Oh, we changed it. We, yeah. Yeah, oh, we did. I forgot. I forgot. Yes. We used to have a one-arm most muscular. That's right. And then we Scotty had has it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that second one was from Kevin Orton just a few weeks uh, before. So I'm probably the only guy that was ever put on the wall and changed. And we asked to change it, and we they did, did huh? it. Yeah. We thought 09 was probably the best. Yeah. It was, right? Yeah. So you had this store until 2010. Yeah. Then what, where, where does the journey tell, take you Talk after about that? the chaos after that. So, so while I still had this store, I remember <clears throat> um, I was still writing for, for Muscle and Fitness, trying to, I'm not for Muscle and Fitness, for, uh, Muscle Mayhem. Or started to promote the store, but I was like, you know, I should make some money money doing this thing. And at the time, Chris Gethin, 
uh, was dating this girl who was working for me named Colleen. And he came from, um, you know, Wales. Wales and, you know, the UK and stuff. And he was getting paid from Weedard for, for writing stories. And the, the, the way he was getting his stories, he would come by the store, ask me, hey, Dave, what's going on today? I would tell him all the skinny. And then he would write the stories and get paid for it. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So I'm like, I'm an idiot. I could do that since he's getting all the stories from me. So I pitched that idea to, uh, he got fired for a different reason, you know, from, from the Weeder magazines. But then I told, I went to Weeder, I asked for a meeting with Peter McGuff at the time. I said, Peter, I would like to do my column for your magazine. And he said, well, I can't put you in the magazine, but I'll put you online if you want. And I'll, I'll start you, you know, at a salary. I can't give you much. I'll give you that much. But if you will do six months and if you do well, I'll give you a boost. And so I did that for the first few years. And every six months or every year would give me a raise. But then he left. And then so that's when sting, things got getting screwy a little bit. And then so Jay left. That's around the time where Jay left Weeder to go to muscle, uh, muscle, uh, muscle development. And of course, I wanted to follow him because I thought, first of all, I wanted to always keep promoting his career, and and I just felt like we were a good team. So basically, I was asking Blackman, you know, let me come over here and work for you and do what I'm doing for Weeder, do it for you, uh, except he gave me a column in the magazine also, so I could actually do online and I could do in the magazine and talk about the stories from Venice and what's going on. Um, but if after a while, he wanted more, and that's when it, we kind of got into the videos. And that's when the videos kind of started. But I didn't know how to edit. So the way I would do the videos at the time is I would just shoot for like two, three minutes raw and upload it directly as is on the website. And that's just, that's how I would do it. Was that on the website or is that on like their message board? It was on their message board. Okay. So MD uh, Noble. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Noble Radio. Noble, yeah. And so that's what I did. But eventually what we did, and, and I remember that this was like it was yesterday. Jay said to me, he was thinking about doing his comeback into that. 2013, he said, you know, I'm, I'm watching those uh, boxing documentary called uh, All 20, Access, All yeah, Access yeah. or whatever. Seven, yeah. It'd be cool if we did something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a great idea. So let's, we, we, for his comeback, we thought, why don't we do that? So for 2013, what I would do is I would, for th- th- I would say three, three and a half days a week, I would come to Vegas, stay with him. He would put me up, would film nonstop for like three, three and a half days. Then I would go back to California to be with my family. And then I would just I start to learn how to edit myself. And that way, we basically documented his whole entire Olympia prep. But we would come up with, with stuff like every day. So whether it be pictures or workouts or whatever, something would be up on the, on the MD website to see what he was doing with, it, with his uh, prep. And that was hugely popular. That I, I remember no, that. Because there was no real social media yet. Like it yeah. just, Instagram kind of just, I kicked off my Instagram like 2012. So... Like that was like the really the early stages of early social media. Yeah, I remember when you back then you'd say that Dave's coming out to spend the weekend or something. He's gonna come yeah. and stay with me yeah. and film. But, you did that for years. But right? back then they like Instagram was only still pictures and stuff. Like they didn't have Instagram Story or anything like That's that. Right. So basically, we were creating what later came out. You were um, ahead of your time. Content, yeah. So yeah. you know, we we got to document it, and people followed along because they wanted to see the progress. Oh and yeah. They watched the whole progression up until the end, and they were like, "Man, I would I would gladly pay for this." They were like, "You guys are nuts to do this for free," and we gave all that to to Blackmint. And I was hoping after that I would get a raise, but yeah. instead I got fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he tell you why he fired you? Yeah, because. I don't know. He he want his son was working for the company also, but Jordan wasn't doing much and wasn't like a big fan of bodybuilding, you know. But he was still paying him. I'm sure he was paying him good money, 
And I think it was just too much to pay the two of us. And so out of the two, I'm the one who got the cut. So, Yeah, so you transitioned to what? So after that, I worked for Muscle Insider. Muscle Insider actually was just getting started, which is a, 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 a Canadian magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted, they actually had to offer me a job before. And I said, no, I'm going to go with MD. I chose MD. And I, so after that, I, when I lost the job, I said, listen, you still want me? I'll, I'll work for you. So I worked with them for like a good two, three years. Doing the same kind of thing. And then you transitioned yeah, to, uh, to Dan Solomon with Digital Muscle, kind of doing the same thing. About six months, yeah. And then them. finally, we just kind of were like, okay, enough of this, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I came to you and I said, listen, you, you know, he was retired at the time. It was, you know, he was, and it was like, let's just, let me do, let me bring my content to your, to your platform, platform yeah. and let's keep you relevant. You know, let's, we work well together. Why not make money at it? You know? And then, uh, so we did. And how many years was that? This is gotta I, be remember, like, I remember that happened because shortly before that, I was going through YouTube and trying to get, there was a bunch of people that were taking videos that were up and they were copying them and monetizing them on other people's pages. Yeah. So it was like a good month or two. I went through mm-hmm. a bunch of videos and then I remember at one point he was like, hey, Dave's going to start doing this on here and he took off yeah. from there. Yeah. Do you remember you, how many subscribers we had when we took over? So we, we, took we over had, you, you already had established a good platform because you had 50, started before. 50,000 or No, dude, one, 107 I think you okay. had. 107. Yeah, which is which is really good. It was dormant for a while though, so we've it wasn't used for like three years. Yeah, now yeah. now it's at five hundred over five hundred fifty thousand. Closing on six sixty six hundred is the yeah. goal next. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was it was great and and but I would tell people it's funny because when I was living in California, still we would really make a point for him to come or for me to come here, you know, so we could always have some content with him. And then when I moved to Vegas, I'm like, oh, that's going to be great. I'm going to be here every day. I'll be able to see him every day. And I find myself not filming as much with him as I did when I was in California, which is, which is funny. Yeah. Because I'm local, local now. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. So, so when you look, so now that you're doing this for the YouTube channel, how do you like look at a story and decide what to do and what not to do? Um, like does something come in front of you? You're like, ah, I don't want that on the channel. Or like, like, is there certain things you look for? Well, a lot people? of time, actually, to be honest with you, I, I have to give Jay credit as far as uh, new talent. He's got a really good eye with people that will be good or will become good that I don't see. Sometimes if there are new people at the gym and stuff, and sometimes we'll be at the gym together. And so oh, that person, you should film them. And I'm like, really? Why? I don't, I don't know why you would, but, but a lot of most of the time he's right. Um, so I'm more like. Um, I'm 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 good about filming people that have uh, some sort of story about that I that I know personally yeah. a relationship because yeah. I know what to ask, yeah. you know. And I think the the with the way I'm different than other people is when I do interview with people, I know things or I know kind of like you, you know the people on a personal basis, so you know what to ask and you make them open up. And and at the end of the day, I want people when they f- when they watch the video to feel like oh I just didn't just watch an interview I kind of watch two friends talking. Yeah, that's kind of my angle. Yeah, but you always have certain questions you ask because being a, a fan of bodybuilding, right? You know what people's mindset are, right? Yeah. Well, it's like with you, you know, when when we did the when we just did the the the, the camper charity, yeah. one of the one of the camper told me you always ask the right questions with Jay. It's the kind of question that I would I want to ask him. I said, Well, speaking of a fan. I'm a fan of him, I'm a fan of a sport. Yeah. So I ask questions that are kind of like fan-like. So people, will, oh, geez, I'm glad he asked that question. No, it makes, I mean? it makes it better if there's a yeah. interest. Do you, yeah. think, do you feel like since everyone's kind of doing YouTube now, is it challenging to 
come up with new things or is it just easy to kind of follow someone and show like real raw lifestyle kind of footage? Um, what do you mean? So it's a, see, the thing is that I don't look at anybody else's stuff. So so I don't yeah, really so know. You don't, I don't, I don't, you don't really pay attention know. to what people do. You tell me. And I don't look at other people's stuff. Yeah, a lot of times, like, people are training that, like, you train at Dragon's Lair on a daily basis, which you love, right? That's yeah. kind of like, so you migrated. You're in Vegas now. Yeah. You moved here. Yeah. Why did it take you so long to move after I told you for <laughs> 10 years to come here? Because when I was in, first of all, if you had told me I would ever leave L.A., I would say you're nuts. Because I, I, it was, that was dream, my dream right? to yeah. live in L.A., uh, the beautiful weather and all that stuff, and goals in bodybuilding. It was the hub, you know, for bodybuilding. And then once the pandemic happened and everything shut down, I waited. I waited, you know, Gold's closed and everything closed. And I waited from, let's say, March till like October. And I'm like, you know what, things are not going back to normal. Who knows if it's ever going to come back. And I said, you know, I, all that's left now in LA is the weather. And I can't just stay here for the weather. There was always issues with the traffic and all that stuff. But yeah. there was so many uh, upsides to yeah. living there that I didn't really see that. But once all that's, all the upsides were taken away and you're left with the weather, I said, that's not good you enough. You know what's crazy, though, is that what I want the, the, the listeners to know or the viewers, how long were your days when you would drive to Venice to capture content? So usually it would leave around, I would say like 10, 30, 11 in the morning on my bike. Because I would take the bike, it was much faster to come back, especially. You don't get stuck in traffic. No, you, you, you split no, but lanes. You, but a lot of days it rained or whatever, so yeah. you had the car. So uh, yeah, so I would get, I would leave around ten thirty, eleven, and would start my day around twelve, twelve thirty with train, and then I would either, so either I would shoot before I train or I would shoot after. So I would just, I would never just go to train by by itself. It was rare. Most of the time, I would always either film, train, and come home or train, film, and come home. So I, would, I could do both. It was like two, uh, you know. Knocking out two things. Two at things the at the same time. time, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and to come back, it was at least an hour and 15 minutes, even on the bike. And if it was on the car, sometimes it's three hours. Yeah, I used <laughs> so. to call you, and you'd be sitting in the car for like three hours. Three hours. Time and he was nuts. I always said, what did I say? We all have a choice, right? Yeah. yeah. And but finally, your choice changed. I mean, your kids grew up. I mean, let's talk. You had four children that four were children. young. Yeah. Your youngest one graduated high school, what, two, two years ago? Uh, so Jakey's 18 now. He okay, just so he just graduated yeah. last year then, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that was kind of like you always told me, like, okay, things, once the kids are old enough, yeah. you know, now I can kind of make that transition. So yeah. talk a little bit about Vegas versus California living and what your expectations. Has it exceeded your expectations between weather, lifestyle, and the gym atmosphere? Okay, so... So I really came to uh, Vegas because I'm, I'm telling myself it can't be as bad as California. It's going to be, I have no expectation, meaning like, you know what, even yeah. if it sucks, I'm going to come here for a year. At least I'll be close to you. We'll be able, it'll be easier for us to work. Because you hate California now, right? Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How is that crazy? It went from your, the dream spot to now you don't want to go back. Because it's not the same anymore. Yeah. And if you have been there during the heyday like we have and you've seen it at the top it sucks honestly because yeah. like all a lot of our great memories like dude venice like i mean i was there when titus was there when tom yeah. was there when gary strong was there when lee priest when he was there when dory all these guys flex wheeler i mean i remember seeing charles glass training flex wheeler and danny hester and chris cormier and 
where you uh, go and all the same time, like all like with big. I mean, it's uh, seeing it. In, it's like seeing the magazine popping up to yes. life in person. You know what I mean? It's, it's so great. Every so pro you, at some point or another migrated to oh Venice throughout the year, even if they didn't live there. So you transition here. So tell me about here. So I came here and I and I really came here telling myself I'm going to come here for a year. Hopefully things will get back to normal in California. And if I don't like it here, I'll just go back. I'll just go back to California. It's no big deal. But I loved it so much more than I thought I would. And I'm shocked. You know when you have no expectation and then you, you go see a movie? That's probably not good. And it turns out to be amazing. So yeah. it you, it hits you even more because you're like, holy crap, I wasn't expecting that. And it's kind of, it's kind of what the way Vegas is. I think you're me. just a happy guy, though. Have you ever seen Dave really in a bad <laughs> mood? Like Not really. I get in that mood. I know. So I'm sure you do. But. So, so you found the dragon's lair like that kind of opened. Was that open when you came? No. Or? So when we came here, I was just glad to be able to train somewhere without a mask. We yes. were just okay, glad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was around that was time. It, still, yeah. there are a few places. The Fit Club was great. So uh, we went to. Were you at uh, Lift Factory? We went to Lift Factory, yeah. but Fit Club also. We went there a lot because they were like, ah, no mask, you know. So it was just great, yeah. and the owners are like super nice over there. So, and eventually when Flex came, I think uh, he opened. He started putting, he moved in at around Christmas and putting, start putting a gym together uh, early in the year. And I think April is when he opened, but we could go a little bit earlier. So starting in March, I started to go there. And when that happened and all the guys, including people from Venice, like Stan Sean Roden, and Sean yeah. Roden and Laura Lee and all the people that were friends of mine in California start coming here. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. It's like Gold's Gym's like hub was transplanted to Vegas. Literally is what happened. So I was like, oh, my God, this is, I got it made. So not, it was even better because most of the people that would have to go somewhere to shoot would come to Vegas. People from, you know, like Raphael Brandeo and uh, Hassan Mustafa and all these guys would come and train here for like months, you know, so I could shoot all those guys. It was just, work-wise for me, it was great. And there's so many gyms here in Vegas, so many good gyms that you can just sh shoot somewhere every, everywhere different every day. And it seems like it's just like a new... Don't you feel like like we have the best gyms? Oh, we do. Like, if you think back to California, like, you didn't go to that many gyms. Like, you went to Venice and you went to, like, a Gold's in West Covina near you. But, like, you didn't get to travel. Like, because, number one, the traffic's so bad. But, like, literally, you could, in a certain mile radius, go to a different gym on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. And great gyms here. And it's... I mean, and everyone's always happy to see us. They always open their door to us. I mean, we're really lucky with the channel because, um, you know, people are just really taking care of us. They're just glad to see us come here. And it's just, you know, Vegas has been really good for bodybuilding since the pandemic. I think it always was. I think it always kind of was good here. It just wasn't. It was overshined by California. You know what it was? But, like, you had chains that were, like, LVAC or Golds were, like, the yeah. only chains. And then eventually now... You know, Gold's turned to EOS, LVACs everywhere, and now you have, like, the Dragons and the Kilo Clubs and the Fit Clubs and the Powerhouse and the, you know, Yaks Factory. Fitness and Lift Factory. You have all these gyms, yeah. right? And you have UFC here now that yeah. used to be 24-hour, and, like, it's just endless. I There's mean, gyms that pop up that I'll see come up on Instagram, and I'm like, I didn't even know that gym was here. And it's in Northeast self, Vegas. Self-Made's down the street You here. guys are telling me about the new gyms coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're, like, they're all over the place. Yeah, so we have the new... Um, Elevation's going to be opening Elevation's up. Elevation's opening Rainbow. up soon. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Just, nobody, I mean, but you know what, though? Like when I first started coming to Vegas in 0203, 
there was a ton of pros here. Titus was here then. Kelly was here. Yeah. You'd always see the guys coming and out. Gustavo Bedell, Dennis Wolf, yeah. you. You're right. Like, Cormier but it was to come, but it wasn't. It was, but everyone still would rather be at Gold's Venice if yeah. they could. There yes. you go. It was overshadowed by California still, still at yeah. the time. Still, yeah. But when California shut down and everyone spattered and just kind of like scattered all over the place. I think a lot of people looked at it like they see how expensive it is in California and how much you sit in traffic. And they're like, wait a minute. I can come to Vegas and my bills get cut by like 60% and I don't have to pay these taxes. I don't sit in traffic. What the hell am I doing? It's true. But you know what it is? Here's the, here's the problem. With, with the whole pandemic and their rules and everything, yeah. they could just shut it down tomorrow again. Exactly. And I think people don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. They want to go somewhere where they know it's not going to happen. So they left from t for Tennessee, Texas, Florida, Florida Vegas. Vegas. That's everywhere. what it is. That's what it is. So it's there for bad. So yeah. far as the the filming and whatever, is there anyone that specifically, you know, you get to film a lot of people. I'm so lucky. Like, yeah. is there anyone that sticks to your mind of like um, that stood out? That stood out. That like, oh man, I when I did this shoot with this person, or you know, I mean, obviously you shoot with me a lot, so yeah. we feature a lot of people outside of that. Jay. Someone that like you were really excited and you're really proud you filmed it. Might have to think about. I would have to think about that. Yeah. Or is there someone that you've wanted to film that you haven't yet? Like, would you get some of the new blood on? Yeah. Like Nick Walker. Nick Walker. We we did shoot. Yeah, you did shoot. Yeah, you shot Nick before he was really. Yeah. Before he won the honor. Chris Bumstead too. Interview only. Okay. But I would love to do something with him. Yeah. He interviewed. I was some. I was supposed to shoot him at Golds in Venice, and my dog died, so I had to cancel the shoot. Fuck. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, because Chris. Amazing how some of these people came along. I mean, I remember when I ran up to you and I said, hey, there's this good guy in the gym right now, and his name is Joey Sergo or something. And it <laughs> Joey, was Joey Swole. Swole. Yeah. And he, I'm like, you should interview this kid. Oh and he, was, he wasn't known. He Instagrammed what didn't exist. It was a nobody think. at the time. Yeah. And now look. And he tells that story to everybody. Yeah. Like said, he'll <laughs> give props I said, this kid Jay. looks pretty good over there. He's in like a chain and whatever. And yeah, it was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, he gives Jay's prop. Like he'll tell that story every single time he does an interview. He's so grateful. Yeah, yeah. You've you've shot you've shot a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot. Yeah, I'm sure well, there's a lot more to go too. Yeah, I mean, of the Olympia is coming in December. I mean, you must be excited to uh, get some other people. I'm super excited about the Olympia. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think of the lineup will be who do you, who who let's let's finish this off with. Um, who do you like for this year's Olympia? I mean, we got some really good talent coming up um, that just to qualify. What do you think about Andrew Jackton? What do you think about Crizzo? Because you got to witness both of those guys. I haven't even seen Jackton in person. You got to shoot. Oh him. man, I think I think he's he's gonna, doing Texas. I this think weekend. he's going to shock a lot of people. From because the videos, he looks like the real deal. Just great lines and just like he's kind of like. Think he could win the Mister Olympia in time? Yeah, I think in time. He reminds me of. Um, of um, Cedric, but with better tall? lines and, and he's even, tall like that. Yeah, with better lines and even better uh, shape. He's I think. a big dude. Yeah, you can just tell. I've never yeah, I want to see him in person. He's so nice too. He's so nice. And what what do you think about Crizo when we shot? I he think was he's impressive, right? Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a real, real deal. Right? He's gonna shock a lot of people too. Because I don't think people get the. I mean, the video we shot was just, you know, very, very quick in passing. But once you see him, like, in 3D in person in front of you, it's a different ball game. Yeah. Like, his back wasn't, like, people were harping on his back, but I felt but that's like all he he's looked, got. that's all he's got to work on. Yeah. What else does he have to work on? 
Really? Yeah, the arms, the shoulders. I mean, <sighs> everything was just crazy. Man, he looks, he looks like a freak. Yeah. So if you, I, mean, I don't want to put you on the spot. If you could name your top five at the Olympia, who do you think will be in that first call out this year? To be honest with you, I I, I had uh, Brandon winning last year, so I hope I hope I hope he wins this year. I hope he's he's getting that. Well, you know, Rami will be first or second probably, yeah. and then you know, Hadi Chupin, Hadi. can he can he push the top or I think what so. About Walker or Hunter, who 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 is the leader this year? I would put feel? I would put Walker first. He's been training hard, huh? Yeah, yeah. I would put. I mean, he's just a freak. very de- dedicated. He's and I not to say Hunter's not, but I mean Hunter definitely. Uh, you know, how do you think Ian or some of these other guys will break into the top? You think um, Andrew Jack will qualify? You I think, think he could be a top I, ten. I guy? He's got Kuklo this weekend. Yeah, think he can be Kuklo. No, I think, I think he could. Okay, that I mean, look, you've seen him. I haven't seen him in person, and he just looks impressive. He's really good, and he's new, and he's exciting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I guess you'll have the front row seat, so you'll be able to see, right? I can't wait. I can't wait for the Olympia. Are we going to get some tickets, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> we'll make sure you're good. <laughs> may not we may not be able to film it, but <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You could pull you could pull some strings. <laughs> oh jeez. Well dude, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. man. Thank Glad you. you came I know on. uh I know people that follow the full time bodybuilder and you're always representing, man. You got the cutler purple on today. You even match. Usually you don't match, dude. Really? Well he's yeah. coming on. So, he had to. I'm color I'm colorblind. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why. So tell me what's going on the rest of your day now. How many more meals do you have? And uh, you, what did you train today? So today we did uh, hamstrings and triceps. I know it's a weird split. I always say this. He's he, almost afraid to tell me. You saw the hesitation there. Yeah, because right? I know what you'll say. I was like, That's weird. And what Eric's is- training you, obviously. I mean, yeah. how does he like Vegas? This is Eric oh my Roser, God. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah, he loves it. Well, he's been like dying a slow death in California for like you know another. I was sh- very shocked when he was going to move here. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I just didn't think he'd ever leave, man. Like people say they're going to come, but like I know his his girlfriend had a job that she really couldn't. And transfer. she had kids. Yeah, yeah. It's hard when you have the children. And she had to go to court. Young kids. Yeah. No, nah, he could. He would have moved here a long time ago, but it's just you know. How's he loving the Dragon's Lair? He loves it. He loves Vegas. He loves it. He will never go back. People's like, "Oh, can you come back to uh, California?" He says, "No, <laughs> I'm not going back. He can't come yeah. here." I think a lot of people once they come here, it's just too easy. The food is good. I mean, you, it's an you, easy life. Man. I feel like you can get cleaner food. Like you have, like you can leave the gym and go over to Protein House, or yeah. you can go to Teriyaki Boy or Teriyaki oh, yeah. Madness. They got that fruity or, fit where you can just go get yeah, prep I mean, meals. There's it's there's cheap, so, too. There's so many places. It's just It's too easy, right? All the breakfast spots. It, it's great, Vegas. It's, it's, just, it's, I'm glad to know that it, it beat your expectations. So anyone that's thinking about moving to Vegas, I mean. We're still recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> Flag is always laughing, you know, because I just tried to, hey, come and train here. You know, he loves it. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, good. We're glad you came on. And I always tell people you're the biggest bodybuilding fan ever. I am a fan. No, you're not a fan. You're the fan. I know, but <laughs> you, I just since I retired, you don't have a, ch- a choice for the Olympia. I mean, you kind of pick Brandon as your guy that you want to see win it, but you know, we'll see as we transition. I just time. you know when you, don't, I, you don't follow it as close, no, do you? No, I just I hate to say it, but when you retired, you know, a part of that they've retired too. Yeah, I just no, part. He, he did, but. You don't ever go on the message. When's the last time you went on Get Big or went on uh, Muscular Development? I don't. I just do my own. We do our own work, and I don't look at anybody else. I just put as but as good content as I can put it out. Uh, what it I takes so much time, right? Yeah, just you know, and the reason why I like doing what I do so much with the website with with our YouTube channel is because 
I remember being in Canada when I, all I wanted to hear is what's going on in Venice, what's going on with all the pros and stuff. And I was like, I would, I would kill to see what's going on over there. Yeah. So today, when I film something, when we film something, it's like your dream job. I'm, I'm, I'm basically doing it for those young kids who are just getting started into bodybuilding who want to see who's the next up and comer, mm -hmm. what's going on with Jay, what is he eating today, what is he training today, give me some tips. And so I feel like it would have been great for me to see that back then, and that's the big reason why we're doing what we're doing. It's awesome. You know, well, good reason. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's we'll have you back on, and uh, as we get closer to the Olympia, because we need you to pay attention on who's going to be qualified and who. I'll do some homework. We're going to need you to pick your top ten. We're going to put you on the spot okay. for the next uh, episode. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll see how close you are, since you are the sport's biggest fan. So, All right. for episode thirty-nine, we're out. All right. Thank you. <laughs>